1: This is the Useless Information Podcast. I am Steve Silverman.
2: Useless Information
1: So while I'm ramping up to record the next story, I thought you might want to listen to another one of those student podcasts. This particular one is done by a student named Morgan Simmons who recently graduated from Chatham High School. Now, I never had Morgan as a student, but I did get to know her last year while she was in 11th grade. She was in my homeroom at the time. And I can tell you she has a great personality. She's a hard worker. She's very smart. And she served as a sole student representative to our Board of Education this previous school year. Now, just like the previous two student podcasts that I've released, what you're about to hear was a project for her senior English class. Now, this one has more of a local feel to it. In it, Morgan interviews CPA Susan Baer, that's B-A-E-R, of the Baer Tax Group in Ghent, New York. Now, Ghent's a very, very small little town, but it lies about 30 miles slightly southeast of Albany, New York. So sit back and enjoy. Interviewing Professionals,
2: a podcast hosted by Morgan Simmons.
0: Hi, I'm Morgan Simmons, and today I'm going to be talking to Sue Bear from Bear Tax Group. Hi, Sue Bear.
2: Hey, good morning.
0: Um, so tell me a little bit about your business.
2: So, we recently rebranded as Bear Tax Group to represent that we have more people within our organization besides just me. So, things have grown, and we have our own commercial building located in Ghent it's an old doctor's office actually which is kind of cool we utilize technology to make things easier for the client to contact us and also to get their information to us so we have an online portal hmm. and we use email and we use dual screens in our office so it's very techy techy we're paperless And I think a lot of people like that, that their information isn't just sitting around in file cabinets that anybody can get at. It's all locked up and secure. And I've been doing this for 28 years now, actually. Wow. Yeah.
0: Tell a story about someone who had a significant impact on you and your work today.
2: Well, I am third generation with this tax business. My grandmother was actually, 80 years old, and still working as a bookkeeper for the Hudson Daycare Center on Warren Street. And um, she really knew how to keep books, like back in the old timey way, like paper and pencil. And uh, she taught me, you know, how to track my credit card and to always pay my balance off in full. And so she was my first introduction to money. Hmm. And so here I am, my father's also a CPA, and then there was my grandmother, and now third generation of working with numbers. Mm -hmm.
0: Were there moments, especially in the beginning, where you thought this could fail? Like, did you tell anyone that you weren't going to be successful?
2: When I first started out on my own, I had prior worked for another accounting business. And when I went out on my own for the first time, I didn't think it was going to make it. I actually looked into babysitting kids because my kids were little and I thought that that would make sense to just watch kids in my house and I, I think that's a great thing to do. But it was really putting aside all of my education, my CPA license and not believing in myself at all. And. Then I went on an interview because a headhunter had found me, and I drove up to Albany. And the guy was so impressed with my resume and speaking with me that he offered me an eighty thousand dollar a year job wow. managing his business uh, part, managing his business part of his CPA firm. And it gave me the confidence to say, you know what, I'm just going to push through and do this. And so my first year on my own, I started with only ninety clients. And I only made about $15,000 and I was living on credit card debt and I hardly had any money, but it just built from there. And the business then grew as my kids grew. Hmm.
0: Um, how many clients do you have now? About
2: Over 1,000 clients I have.
0: Wow, that's crazy how far you came.
2: Yeah, but it's not without a whole team of people helping me. Oh yeah. That's why.
0: Mm-hmm. Were there people supportive in your decisions of going through with being an accountant?
2: I feel I'm more supported now in my business with my husband than I ever was. It's hard, I think, as a woman. It's kind of a male-dominated profession. I'm also a yoga teacher, which used to be more dominated by men. And so as a woman, to kind of push through that. But now I think there's a lot more support with all of that than there ever was. And... I mean, the county agreed because in 2017 they said Sue Bear is the best accountant in Columbia County. So that was really awesome to have that kind of support, Mm -hmm. so it's really community support and now family support is really making the difference in my self-esteem.
0: So we all know that money is a marker of success, at least for many people. How do you measure profitability? For you, is it more than the money?
2: For the money within our business? Our prices end up being really fair, uh, sometimes even less than Jackson Hewitt, but I don't know that that's the reason people come to us. We really have a win-win partnership with our people, and it isn't all about the money, because I take a good amount of time off, and everyone who works with me also takes time off, and we consider it a little bit of a lifestyle business. Um, One of the people who helps me, she plays tennis every morning, and other people go and get their college degrees and work when they can. And for me, I like to travel a lot, so it's really, I think, your stress level is a hierarchy, and I learned that from cancer, than money. So if there's enough to kind of pay your home bills and you're not doing a whole lot of recreational shopping or needing the most brand new vehicle at all times, it's a no, it's good. You can make money at it and, and make a living, but it, it's definitely not everything.
0: Yeah, that's also why I wanted to go into this also, because I saw that you can have a life and you're not always stressed. I mean, you know they're stressed with jobs, but
2: <laughs> Yeah, well, the way I look at it with paper and doing taxes, Is it's not doing surgery on somebody. So if something goes wrong with the paper, you can fix paper. Yeah. Something goes wrong with surgery on someone's brain, you can't necessarily fix it. So in that way, it makes a good profession.
0: Yeah. that, That. Yeah. I was looking into being a doctor, but I cannot do blood and all that stuff. I'm much better with numbers and that stuff. So your business used to be in your home. What prompted you to move the business out of the house?
2: Well, we had originally built the whole house around the business, so it was kind of a little bit like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm going to leave. But it ended up getting bigger, and I think clients really weren't so fond of that I had other people working for me. And I kind of only had like a little bit of a screen separating me from the other person. And so it became a privacy factor because finances with people are one of the most touchiest, most secure, most private thing that you want kept confidential. So that confidentiality and having other people work for me it needed to expand and go out of the house. And the building came up for sale, and it was absolutely perfect. Everything aligned so that I could get it.
0: Well, yeah, because like a doctor's office, I mean, that's what you said your, yeah. the building was, and financing, you know, both have privacy, so. Yeah. I mean, that makes
2: sense. The fun thing about the building is that it was my doctor's office, and uh, it was where I was misdiagnosed with the cancer. So it was like a little bit karmic that I ended up with the building and I got a really good deal on it. It was really magical how it all came about when we ended up with that building.
0: Oh,
3: wow. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. At the time, I only felt a punch.
0: I think everything went wrong. His drug of choice was heroin.
2: Binging and purging over and over. And over evaluate you, and if you're okay to go, they're going to let you go. This is Justin, and I do the Peripheral Podcast. I have a true crime background, but when telling the stories of true crime, sometimes you have to gloss over topics like mental illness, drug addiction, sexual assault, and I feel like we do that in life too. So this podcast is my attempt to bring all of these topics that are on the peripheral into the mainstream. So, please join me wherever you listen to podcasts.
3: Everybody, shush! William Shatner
0: has something to say.
1: Kat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Kat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The
3: Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Tell
0: me about a challenge you've had in your business.
2: A challenge I've had would be, I didn't used to have a lot of personal boundaries, and so I would have, say, a client walk in on exactly April 15th, just walk right in, sit across the desk from me, as I was accessible, they could just come in, and they would just hand me their tax stuff and they would expect me to prepare their return then and there, right on the day of the deadline, and uh, I would do it. Um, When you're first in a business, you struggle a little bit and you feel like you're you're just not going to make it. And so you kind of cater and do for anyone what anyone ever asks of you. And so over time, I had to dig deep and create some personal boundaries and have time limits of when people would get us things. And Then there's, you know, boundaries around people paying me. They'd say, well, I'm not going to be able to pay you for a few months. And so I'd say, okay, you know, I'll do it anyway. And sometimes I wouldn't get paid. And so I ended up feeling bad about myself. And so I coined a phrase that boundaries cure resentment. Because I'd have resentment, but the resentment was really on me because I'm the one who laid out the welcome mat. Hmm. And so now by having more boundaries, I'm actually protecting my good clients so I can give them good service. And I have the boundaries that if someone wants to cross those, then they're really not the right person for, for me and for the business. Hmm.
0: In the beginning, did you always know this is what your future was going to look like? If not, what were you expecting?
2: Oh, that's a fun question about if this was going to be my life's path. Uh, When I was in high school, I really wanted to be an actress and I wanted to go to California. That was my big thing. And so when I went to Columbia Green, actually, years ago, they used to have an acting program. And so I took that until uh, there wasn't any more classes and I didn't pursue it any further. And then I went into advertising And I loved that. And then I ended up uh, going back to school after taking a little bit of a break and went into the accounting. And my joke is I never wanted to look past the A's in the curriculum book. So I just stayed there. Um, But really I worked as a bank teller and that's where I discovered I loved money and was really good at proving my drawer Mm. and helping the customers. And meaning I love money, of course, most people love money, they want money. But what I mean is I love for other people to have money. So when people came in with their paycheck and they put some in checking and some in savings, I love to watch week to week how their account would build. And it's the same thing with taxes, Mm -hmm. like saving someone taxes or if they get a big refund. I'm happy for other people's happiness. So all along, I guess I was meant to to do it, (laughs) to do the accounting.
0: I guess that kind of goes into the next question. How has your profession brought you happiness?
2: Oh, wow. When you have a little bit of like an OCD brain where you like to organize things, like when I was a kid, I used to do puzzles. So it's like like things with like things and organizing. It kind of just fills that need of putting things where they go. And also, I love people, so I get to hang out with people. And I think the social aspect, so much of us are sitting behind our screens on our phone and I don't go to bars because I don't drink. And so really meeting with my people is like fun and talking with them and finding out their stories and remembering their stories year to year. That's that's really what keeps me going.
0: That's fun because... A lot of people would think that you were just in an office, kind of sheltered, you know, not really socializing. And you've said yourself that that's not how it is. You're socializing people all the time. Has your profession helped you find self-meaning?
2: Yeah, my profession has definitely helped develop me. I think that our life's purpose isn't really so much what you do as a career. It's The things that you learn along the way, like I needed to learn boundaries, but I didn't know my business was going to be the one that taught that to me. And so I feel much more content as a person from breaking through some of those things. And it's made me a better person at the same time, making the business a better business. So it's really been a very intertwined path.
0: What does it take to become a CPA?
2: To become a CPA years ago, you used to have to pass the exam, and it was a really complicated process because you had to initially first pass two parts as your foundation, and then you could pass one and one because there's four parts to the CPA, and prior to that, you had to have your full four-year accounting degree before you could even sit for the exam. Then after passing the exam, and it took me two and a half years to pass it by the way, you then had to work for two years under another CPA working in 80% auditing concentration. Now you can pass the parts one at a time for all four parts and you need the four year accounting degree but in addition to that you also need a master's degree to sit for the accounting uh, CPA exam. So it's so a harder and easier depending on how you look at that.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, like, before, when you were saying before. Would you recommend someone get their degree in accounting?
2: I would totally recommend someone get an accounting degree because there are so many different avenues that you can go with it. And it's a saleable, it's a marketable degree that you can make money at. So as far as the different avenues, you could go work for the government, you could work for a private company, you could work for a public company, you could be a CFO of a company, you could work for a CPA firm, you could do taxes, or you could do bookkeeping. So there's such a variety of ways you can make money depending on who you are as a person. You want to just be in a back office somewhere crunching numbers, Do that. If you want to do more what I do and meet with people and focus on the taxes, that's the thing. You can take it any direction that you want, and you'll make money at it.
0: Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. It was a pleasure to talk with you about something you're so passionate about. This is helping me to figure out my own career path.
2: Oh, you're very welcome, Morgan.
1: I hope you enjoyed listening to Morgan's interview with Sue Baer. I certainly did. Now I'll be back in a couple of weeks with another original episode of the useless information podcast. So be on the lookout for that. Well, take care everyone. Bye. Hi, I'm Neil and I'm Ken, and we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge.